Hey, what's up, guys? In this week's episode, we'll be interviewing a very special guest, my mom. Stay tuned. Hey, guys, welcome to Parenting with the Pastor's Kid, a weekly show to equip parents to restore their families and build a legacy of blessing for generations to come. My name is Brandon Gross, and my brothers and I are pastor's kids. Statistics show that nearly 50% of pastor's kids don't continue their walk with God as they become adults. What did my parents do differently? Join me as I answer your burning parenting questions to help restore your family. Let me share with you everything they taught us. Hey, Legacy Leaving Parents, welcome to episode one of season two. In season two of this podcast, we'll be taking a slightly different direction by interviewing other amazing believers in Christ and gaining insight into the ways that they were raised. There's a lot of parenting content out there that focuses on addressing child behavior, and that's great. I personally don't hear or see too much content about helping parents look back into the ways they were raised and how it affects the ways that they parent today, as well as how they relate to others. And as parents, it's important to understand how the way we were parented directly affects how we parent our children. As my dad would often say, we are to trace the fruit to the root. And so on this week's episode, we are so blessed to hear from a very special guest, my mom. My mom is the mother of three boys. She and my dad are also the senior pastors at Mountain View Community Church here in Kaneohe, Hawaii. She spearheads our Kingdom Kids Youth Ministry has many years of experience in the Department of Education, and she loves Christ with all her heart. And so, Mom, thank you so much for taking the time to be on today's episode. We're so excited to have you. So, Mom, can you briefly share what it was like growing up? In other words, what was home life like for you, and how were you raised? My home life was stable. I had, you know, mom and a dad uh, that worked. I had a grandmother living with us. And for some time, I had my mom's sister living with us. But basically, my parents worked outside the home. And um, I just remember them always being around. Mm -hmm. So I was not a latchkey kid. And uh, But I do remember my dad being home uh, every day around 3.30. I just wait for him to come and walk in that door. So um, I don't think I ever worried about anything so I would say my home life felt very much like a warm blanket it felt safe and yeah I didn't have any worries growing up I mean when I came home from school my grandmother was home so she took care of me and around 3 30 my dad would get home because he worked early in the morning and so basically I just remember practicing piano in the afternoon and then eventually my mom would get home and then they'd start cooking dinner. And as I got older, you know, I'd help set the table. But yeah, I think because um, I only had a brother, there wasn't a lot of, um, not too much sibling interaction. We're seven years apart. But that was a typical day. Just, you know, come home, do homework or practice piano, get ready for dinner, watch TV, uh, before dinner and then a little bit after dinner, watch some TV. But we always ate dinner together as a family. And so that was including my grandmother and um, my mom's sister. And mom, what words would you use to best describe 
uh, your mom and dad? Partners. That's good. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Well, my dad used to always tell me <clears throat> that my mom ran the house, but I also knew that he ran the finances. So they had a good um, sharing of duties in the home, but I never felt like one was more, you know, powerful than the other person where they were, you know, making all the rules of the house or, you know, I always felt like there was harmony between them. Uh, they never argued. They got along well. They respected each other. Uh, didn't mean they sometimes didn't get uh, a little annoyed by each other's habits, but right. they didn't let those things get in the way of them being partners. Mm. Actually, I've never seen them argue. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's you know, as a, as a teenager, um, I think one of the incidents that happened was I wanted to go um, to like a, a banquet of some kind and I asked my mom and she quickly said, no, you can't go. So there was no explanation or anything. But because I was older, I just said, I'm going to ask dad. So I had a conversation with him and he began to explain why he didn't want us to go or want me to go to the banquet. And um, I think because I could feel the love coming from him, even though I didn't necessarily agree with his decision for me I accepted that um yeah I really can't think of any other conflict except maybe another incident would have been um we were preparing to go to the beach and my mom normally prepares food to pack for the beach and she was getting a little impatient and huffing and kind of slamming things around and um you know my dad was a very calm man and all he had to say was why are you getting so upset and you know he didn't say it in a loud way he just asked her a question and she just calmed herself down and that was it i mean that's the scope of yeah grandpa's really mellow he's very mellow doesn't yell he's just very level-headed so i think he helped my mom in her emotions at times okay and being that grandma and grandpa were full japanese uh, what were some of the expectations that they had on you or you know as dad would often say uh, a lot of families have these family algorithms you know like a family name to live up to or some of the expectations that your parents had on you Uh, especially growing up in an Asian home? I think it was pretty much an authoritarian structure. And my dad always felt that because I was a girl, my mom was going to be the one primarily raising me and teaching Mm -hmm. me things, which made sense. But I don't think in the course of growing up, I don't remember dialogues. They were more monologues. Between you and grandma or you and grandpa? Or both? Between my mother and me. So if she was going to teach me something about, if someone was coming to pick me up, for example, she would say something like, you know, when someone's coming to pick you up, it's a thoughtful thing that you're ready. You don't make them come to knock on the door. 
but you should even stand outside and be ready so that you can just go into their car and you know they're doing you a favor mm. so it's to be thoughtful right so there was really no discussion it was more training circumstantial training that this is what you do when this happens and it was just me listening but there were other conversations that i wish we had versus it just being one way for example you know the the incident about me wanting to go to a sophomore banquet you know so asking her and then not knowing why she said no so it's a very you know authoritarian style of parenting you just do as you're told mm -hmm. so i think that's a very common not just japanese but i think it's just a very common type of parenting style right right and so mom can you share with us um when did you first accept jesus into your heart and when did you decide to follow christ wholeheartedly can you tell us your story well let me go a little bit backwards first so even though i had a i would say a very stable home life i always felt something was missing and the only time we had any affiliation with the church was when someone died mm -hmm. and there was no talk about what happened to the person or anything so it left a void in my heart and when i was in college and i worked at a store at pearl ridge there was um a gentleman that owned a jewelry store a couple stores away from where I worked and he passed away one weekend. So I was in shock because he was only 40 years old. And I would say that that incident just really rocked me because prior to that, the people that died were either killed or they passed away because of old age. And he was the first person that, that I knew that died from a heart attack. Right. So right. that began my search. So when you say affiliation with the church, was that, because uh, I know Grandma and Grandpa were Buddhists, yeah. was that Buddhist church or was that a uh, Christian church? Buddhist church. Oh, got it. Well, because of that um, void, just really being tugged upon with that um, man's death, I didn't feel like I could ask my parents because they would have said something by now with all the deaths we had in our family <laughs> so i wasn't about to go to them and actually the only person that i had some contact with was actually my current husband <laughs> yay dad <laughs> yay dad so i had met him in college and he was not following christ yet but when i re-met him reconnected with him Four years later, he had become a Christian, and I didn't know that. But I remember thinking, there's something different that happened. Uh, obviously, some transformation took place. And there was a piece about him that uh, I think that was God's piece in him just drawing me. And so I asked him if I could read some books on Christianity. And eventually, I visited his church to see what it was like. I think the experience there was life-giving 
And that's the only way I can explain that, that it was life-giving. So what little I knew about it, I thought, okay, I think I'm ready to follow that way. And of course, with um, dad being or having found faith in Christ before me, you know, I felt like he would also be there to kind of help me understand what that really meant. Mom, what were the top three things uh, your parents did, grandma and grandpa did, to positively influence your walk with God, even though they weren't believers? My dad was a, I would say my dad was a easygoing father. He was never harsh. He was always around. He called me sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was somebody I trusted. He helped me in different ways, especially during my college years with my health. And so I really uh, admired him a lot. I wanted to be a lot like him because he had self-control. Yeah. God was an amazing person. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Taught me how to drive. So I think his patience and the fact that I could talk to him if I had questions, um, I felt like he was rooting for me. So I think those are just some positive qualities about him. So I didn't really fear him the way some kids might fear a father that's explosive or unpredictable. Um, And then I guess if you could answer the same question for grandma, you know, what were um, some of the things that she did to influence your walk with God, even though she wasn't a believer? She was very nurturing. And because she was a nurse, she always cared about my health. So she taught me a lot of things about self-care related to health and, uh, you know, had me taking piano lessons and just seeing some natural talent that I had or inclination toward music. So she tried to foster that. Um, You know, to this day, she'll buy me treats here and there, (laughs) food, items. So I know that, um, you know, she has always loved me and loved my brother. She loves to um, serve. Yes. She loves to cook, especially. Um, What was one of the ways that you were wounded by your parents? Maybe not feeling like there was an open forum of being able to ask questions. Mm. I don't know if you call that a wound, but it was definitely a void. And so even though the house felt warm and cozy, there were just topics that we just didn't talk about. And as you're getting older, you're looking for answers. Right. So. Do you feel like your perspective or your opinion and thoughts were valued and heard? You know what? That's really hard to say because, like I said, we didn't really have a culture of asking questions. But I do remember when I was in the eighth grade, after having taken piano lessons for eight years, I was kind of tired of doing the same thing. And I just told my mom, I want to quit. Hmm. And she said, well, if you're going to quit, you have to call the teacher yourself. 
And I think because I was a little bit more of a reserved child, she didn't think I would do it. <laughs> Just putting you to the test. Putting me to the test. But I was tired of having played piano the same way all these years so I called my piano teacher and just said I quit <laughs> it was a very brief conversation uh, what do you wish that uh, grandma and grandpa did maybe that you didn't receive growing up I actually would have wanted to hear more from my dad being because he was a quiet man he was he was not non-talkative it's just that like I said, there wasn't really a culture of sharing about his past. Although I do, I do know some things about his upbringing. But conversations were, you know, things like, oh, just how's your day or what's going on. Um, it wasn't really like life lessons about money or people. or, And it could be just because they grew up in a different era. Mm-hmm. So... You know, they were just good workers. Right. And in that season, I remember my dad saying something about work for the federal government. You know, it's a good paying job because it was at that time. It was good to work for the federal government. And you could move up the ladder. But, um, right. you know, more conversations, um, hearing more from my dad. But, yeah, I think at some point I realized that they had al- already pretty much told me everything that they knew about life and because I grew up in a different world I had to learn other things on my own how has the way that your parents did affected the way that you raised us well I think that I tried to be very patient I tried to make things fun I think I repeated some things that they did like buying you guys gifts and Mm -hmm. you know taking you places which is not uncommon um, yeah, so I think on those qualities I brought to our family. But the one thing that wasn't fostered in our home was sibling interactions. And it could be because my brother was seven years younger. Right. So I knew that I wanted parenting help because I didn't grow up with three brothers. Mm-hmm. So that's when I decided to take the parenting class. I knew that because I was following Christ, I wanted to know how different that would be in the home as well. Because all I knew was what I knew. And until I was willing to learn what it really meant to be a Christian parent versus a good parent, you know, I would only repeat what, how I was raised. Mm-hmm. What are some of the common things you might see from you know, what we might label as a good parent versus being a Christian parent? Well... I think good parents always want to do good things for their kids. So each parent, mother or father, will decide for themselves how they want to express that goodness to their children. Mm-hmm. But it's really not the first tier of good parenting. Um, according to God's word, the first tier of good parenting is a good marriage. And so what we learned was that um, going back to Genesis, that when God created man and woman, he created that marriage relationship to be the most important relationship. And when that relationship is solid, then the children are blessed. Mm-hmm. And so things, the blessing flows that way. So what we did in 
our home because now we have three boys engaging in sports and it's very easy to become a child-centered family and it's common today because parents feel that they have to give their kids lots of experiences right. it's very common but what they forget is that the from the child's point of view it can almost seem like entitlement mm. because their interactions is parent-child so the focus is on the child and so the child can feel like well i'm the most important person and it's not that they're not important it's just that the sh- the strength of the marriage is what's really important so what we did was um every day or most days during the week we made it a priority to spend time together on the couch in front of the three of you you know so when dad came home we spent like the first 15 minutes just connecting with each other and that really helped the marriage because life can get very busy and kids do require a lot of attention right and i think it just sends the wrong message to the child because the child's security rests in the happiness of their mom and dad so it's not that we didn't have conflict or anything but we just made it a priority that we would work when we had disagreements we wouldn't uh you know go to sleep angry we would stay up and we would work through our differences um we didn't always solve everything but we made the marriage important because we didn't want our, you folks to worry about our marriage and the stability of the home and going back to my upbringing i think that was one of the best gifts my parents gave me it's good i always remember <clears throat> or you know i remember at times when you guys would argue uh the door would be closed and uh you know we could hear you through the door arguing with one another so I'd put up my ear to the door and <laughs> try to figure out what was going on and i remember um you know on on one or maybe even more occasions you guys would open the door and just say you know mommy and daddy or just we're arguing but we're we're talking things out and it's okay we're not going to get a divorce and i remember you guys always saying that and that was just it was reassuring and it, it provided security uh, for me and I'm sure for John and Jordan. But also, I think what made a difference was that, you know, we, you know, even though we didn't hear necessarily what you're arguing about, we saw that there was conflict and that you guys were working things out together. Um, and I feel like a lot of parents might think that they have to be perfect in front of their kids. But I think it was you know, through those times of being transparent that you guys were struggling, that we're able to learn, like, this is what healthy marriages are about, or this is what healthy families do. <clears throat> we work through conflict together. So I always appreciated that. Mm, that's great. All right. So being that um, you're in charge of Kingdom Kids ministry and, you know, you're working uh, around kids constantly and also that you're um, now having your own ministry with the parenting class, um, what are some of the mistakes, um, common mistakes that you see other parents make? Or uh, what advice would you give listeners to raising their children in a godly manner? Well, I think it's helpful that kids see transformation. Having worked with teenagers and even young children in the community, because I was a, a part-time teacher for a season, every child longs for their parents to be together, to work in harmony. They want to see their parents 
love each other. And when that's not there, I think it can make them feel that God isn't real. I remember you saying that as as children, we don't know God. And so our first perception of God is our parents. Like as, as little ones, our parents are like God to us. Yeah. Because that's our first, you know, uh, level of authority that we see and understand. That's right. And the Bible says, let us make man in our image, male and female. So God chose to portray his heart through a man and a woman together to mm-hmm. reveal himself. Mm, that's good. And so as you know, a married couple works on their marriage, they become revealers of God. And what an awesome privilege it is to do that. And so I think my parents did that for me, even though they weren't followers of Christ. I could see a good balance between the two of them. It seems like where parents fall short, especially in the teenage years, although it's starting before that, but this is when we see the fruit of it, in the teenage years is when, um, especially if they they belong to a certain congregation, is that they kind of just go through the motions of attending service on Sunday, Mm. but they're not involved in community life. So they're not in a small group um, because basically the message to their children is we attend a service on Sunday and we go home. And usually that alone, while some individuals may transform from some of that, uh, the Bible also talks about how we need to spur each other on toward Mm -hmm. love. And so it's hard to transform into Christ-likeness without being part of a healthy small group mm-hmm. where you can grow in community together. And, you know, as you take a parenting class or you talk about parenting things and you learn new ways, God's ways of how to relate to your children, it impacts your children. Right. Because otherwise, they're getting the same quote-unquote medicine all the years you're taking them to church. And to them... It's easy for them to believe that Christianity doesn't work. Right. Yeah, I remember uh, the first time I kind of had that revelation was, you know, growing up as a kid, you're always thinking, man, why do I got to do chores, you know? <laughs> like, I don't like sweeping the floors or, or mopping or cleaning the toilets or, you know, doing the dishes. But, um, you know, not realizing that when I got older, just really understanding the correlation between serving uh, in our family, you know, being being raised here at home, and then also being uh, raised up in the church, and how um, you know some people can attend church and yet they never they never serve. And so I just remember you always instilling into the into us, into us boys that you know that's what families do. Families chip in. Families help out. Families serve. And so. Um, yeah, I, I guess I can see the correlation between how a lot of families nowadays who come to church uh, and, you know, may only attend service, the message that they might be sending to their children is, you know, I can I can come and, and um, be a part of this family, but, you know, not, not have to serve. And I think that's kind of a, a false or bad underlying message that they're sending. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if people really see Sunday service as family time. They might see it as a formal service, 
but it's actually a time when the people who want to follow Christ or those who are interested in knowing what it means to follow Christ gets to come into an atmosphere on Sunday and see those who are already following Christ mm. enter a time where they're giving God their heart through worship. They're giving God their heart by listening to someone who's more mature than them, giving a message of encouragement for the day. And so it's about belonging. And so if you just see Sunday service as a performance or an event, then you don't feel, you may not feel that you need to contribute. Right. Because it's just, oh, I'm just, it's kind of like going to a party. I can just eat the food and listen to the music and be on my merry way. So I don't know. And that's something that I think we could easily teach on as well because if people come in with all kinds of ideas about what a church service is, but it's really like, uh, to me, it's kind of like a big Shabbat time. (laughs) Because it's all the families coming together on this one occasion to learn from the fathers in the church and hopefully they're learning and they want to serve in other ministries on a Sunday because it takes a lot of manpower for everyone to be able to enjoy the different components of a Sunday service from you know setting it up to the refreshments we provide the greeting uh, the children's ministries it's like hosting a big party at your house right and you have people that come week after week and they continue to partake of the your home so to speak but they don't there's no tug on their heart to want to contribute but it could be because they don't see that as a family time right. so that's on the part of us teaching yeah church leadership yeah can help with that <clears throat> but right. and hoy that's called aku bird no aku bird <laughs> what is the aku bird you don't uh, show up to a party and not bring anything. You don't show up to a party and just eat all the food. <laughs> mm-hmm. You always show up to the party with, you know, a, a quarter pound of poke or some chips or, you know, something to bring to contribute to the party. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, people single you out and they go, hey, awkward bird, you know, <laughs> and you just came to, came to take. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. What advice would you give to listeners <clears throat> to raise their children in a godly manner? Something that maybe worked well for you and dad or, or just something that... Um, you know, you often might tell some of the other parents in church. I think the um, the hardest thing to do, but I think it's one of the most essential things that a parent can do if they want their children to walk with God, is they need to be involved. They, they can't just be an attender. Um, it goes back to transformation. Um, children want to see change in their parents, and when they do, they see God. Mm. And you're not going to change very <laughs> much good. just by being an attender on Sunday. And so to be part of group life, um, when your dad and I were in seminary and we, were, um, we belonged to a particular church, we were always involved in group life. And was there drama in group life? Absolutely. Because wherever there's people, you have some drama. Right, it's human but, nature. <laughs> but how else are you going to grow to be more like Christ and be a revealer of Christ if you don't enter those times and work through it and see Christ 
a bigger part of the nature of Christ formed in you. It's so easy to say, oh, there was drama in this group. I don't want to be in this group anymore. Right. And I think that's the wrong idea. I mean, because most groups are not chaotic. Yeah, right. something might come up, but, um, you know, the greatest uh, commandment was that we're supposed to love. And so we are all on a journey to love wider and to love deeper. It's a mature love that God desires to form into all of us so that we can truly reveal what a Christian is. Right. And you can't do that when you're on your own. Yeah, it's through that drama and through those <clears throat> times. Those are just golden opportunities to, you know, teach or model a way of living through them, uh, you know, that your that your kids see. And I, I just remember um, seeing a lot of that growing up, you know. It was <clears throat> drama through 25 plus years in ministry, hearing stories and, and just being able to watch you guys work through it, I think was... You know, that was, for me, that was seeing God. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just watching the way that you and Dad were able to not only preach the Word, but live the Word and be who you were behind closed doors and and just really stick to your guns on, on hard topics and, <clears throat> um, you know, sometimes even challenging other people and, you know, they didn't like it or people leaving the church and, you know, just X, Y, and Z that happened over, you know, 25 plus years, but... Um, for me, that was a big thing and a big reason why I know God's real is just because I got to watch you and dad live it, live the word firsthand. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. We are the message. And so the question to most parents, I would say, is what message are you giving your children day to day about who God is? Because he's wanting to reveal himself through a mom and a dad. But um, I've seen all kinds of parents come through the church. And especially those, I think, in my generation, um, I think there's still a lot of sadness because I think they've made compromises along the way. And they weren't focused on what their task was. I think they let either their children decide too much. They didn't know how to lead And so they probably communicated the wrong message. So sometimes it's too much control. Sometimes it's too much freedom. Mm. And not knowing how to lead biblically. And so the children don't get the right message of who God is. They may get an idea of church because they see what their parents are doing, coming and going every week. But um, I don't know if they see God. So, you know, it starts with, think parents being devoted seeing each other as partners and really learning and not quitting because parents always want the best for their kids right but their kids are watching them just like you were watching us and there's a message that they're saying even though they're not saying it they're living it right it's like eliana's too now and i can tell she's she picks up on all the little cues and all the little things that I might not think are a big deal, you know, but she's watching everything. You know, our kids are are sponges and they're picking up on everything. And just like what you said, it's not always, uh, you know, what we do or say, but sometimes it's the underlying message of mm-hmm. our choices or our actions. Yep. So will they taste and see God through mom and dad? And I've seen families that have just come into 
the kingdom and were you know husband and wife they will really partner together they'll go to classes together and they've won the hearts of their kids mm. they're grown kids right you know and here we have other couples that have been in the church for a while and somehow they've gotten off they've gotten off the ancient path of blessing but they can get back on again and my encouragement to parents with older children it's never too late get back on get back in the game and show them reveal to them who god really is right that's the good news and that's the hope because i feel like <clears throat> there comes a certain point maybe through teenage the teenage years or you know 18 or 21 kind of those landmark ages where parents just go you know what i'm i'm done i had enough i can't take it anymore i give up with this kid you know i think our faithfulness and our devotion to god and the family of god will pay off in the long run you know we can't worry about children that are wayward or grow off the path i think um we we have to do our part to stay the course that's the best thing we can give our kids Mm. amen all right thanks mom hey guys thank you so much for taking the time to listen in today if you receive value from today's episode i'd like to invite you to leave us a review and share this podcast channel with your friends and family and if you want to learn more about how you can make a lasting impact as the head of your household, then I'd like to encourage you to pick up a free copy of my dad's book entitled Legacy of Blessing, How to Bring Out the Best in Your Family. Go to www.sabbathforeveryone.com and get your free copy today. God bless you and your ohana. Ohana means family, and family means nobody gets left behind.